Hey there, it's Danielle Alvari of VSIN, the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Be sure to check out my new podcast, the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. We dive into the betting angles for all the LA teams, plus USC and my personal favorite and alma mater, UCLA. So if you're from Los Angeles or a fan of any of the LA sports teams and want to become a sharper better, this is the podcast for you. So please subscribe, follow, and listen to the Los Angeles CityCast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome in to your Monday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. Excited to get into it. Daylight savings time. Ended Sunday. We fell back an hour and it felt like the NFL fell off a cliff. I don't know what was going on. Lots of bad plays from a lot of good players and lots of bad plays from bad players. You know, the classics. You'd think the extra hour of sleep would have helped, but instead it definitely hurt. It was a hot mess. I don't know what's going on. We're going to have to get into it. In today's show, first, we'll do the LA football weekend recap, starting with the Titans and the Rams. And then the Chargers, Eagles, and then we'll end with another bummer one, the USC and ASU game. Uh, no UCLA over the weekend. Got myself a nice little break, but we do have some coming up this weekend, so we'll talk about that as well. Then, later on in the show, we'll hit NBA Hornets at Lakers Monday night. Yes, we have NBA action, and yes, we are going to talk about the Lakers, despite how the start of their season has looked so far. Looking at you, Russell Westbrook. But first things first, we always check out the Los Angeles lines available at Bat River Sportsbook. Let's start with college football here. Colorado at UCLA. UCLA, 15 and a half point favorite. Are you kidding me? After what we've seen from this team recently? I mean, at least Colorado is coming off of a win. I, we'll get into it in a second. But 15 and a half points for shame. For shame. Total sitting at 58 and a half. USC at uh, Cal, actually. USC a two-point favorite, total sitting 52.5. USC on the money line, minus 132. We'll get into how messy this Pac-12 is because it has just got to be one of the most difficult conferences to handicap. I, I really say that, and I don't just say that because it's the one that I have to look at every week. As for the NFL, the Rams at the 49ers. I'm seeing Rams as a three-point favorite, uh, or that's the opening line, really. Uh, Vikings at Chargers. Chargers a two-and-a-half-point favorite in total at 51-and-a-half. As for the NBA, as I mentioned, Hornets at the Lakers. They just lost to the Clippers on Sunday night. Monday, 7.30 p.m., they have the Lakers. Uh, they've been on the road a lot. We'll talk about that later in the show. You can find all these odds at Bet River Sportsbook. Now... Let's start off the show with a fun segment. It's a Monday. I thought that would be fun. And I don't know if you guys saw, but Paris Hilton was at the Rams game. And it inspired my next segment, hot or not. As in, that's hot. Paris Hilton's catchphrase, in case you've been under a rock for the last 20 years. So let's get right into it. Let's start with what's hot. I'll tell you what's hot now. Underdogs. Underdogs finished 9-3 and ATS with seven outright winners in week nine. Underdogs are hot right now. They're all the rage, apparently. Week 9, it was all about the underdog. Special shout-out here to the Titans, by the way, who have now won four straight outright as an underdog. And it's not just against, oh, what teams? Bills, Chiefs, Colts, and Rams. Those are tough teams to beat. 
and they beat them straight up outright as an underdog. Really impressive job by the Titans. They're on the hot list with the other underdogs. In fact, the only favorites to cover over the weekend on Sunday, Colts, the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Chargers. And the Chargers one was, was close, and even the Dolphins one was kind of iffy, but luckily the Texans helped him out with that. Also on the hot list this week, Justin Herbert of the Los Angeles Chargers. He completed 84.2% of his passes. I think he only had six incomplete passes. I mean, of course, aided uh, by the other team here, but more on that in a little bit. And finally, the last thing on the hot list this week, there was a fox on the field of the USC-ASU game, in case you missed this, a literal fox, like the little animal, and it was darting around the field. And I don't think I ever realized how fast a fox is. I mean, I, like I've seen Dora the Explorer, and like there's a fox on there, and I think he swipes things. It's Swiper, right? Somebody who has kids, help me out here. <laughs> swiper, no swiping. He's a fox, right? And I was like, well, like why would they make the little bandit a fox? Shouldn't it be like a raccoon or something? Uh, but now I get it. Because that fox was fast. It was it, honestly maybe one of the most athletic things that I saw on the field that night, unfortunately. Uh, but so foxes are in. You heard it here first. And foxes are friends, not fur, so keep that in mind. Um, fur is still super not. Speaking of not, let's move on to the not list. The Rams offense. Just going to let that one sink in. More on that in a few minutes. Um... Josh Allen, also on the not list, and I'm talking about quarterback Josh Allen here, not the other Josh Allen who was harassing him his whole game. Uh, the Bills were, I mean, they were consensus favorites to win the Super Bowl, what, just last week? And they lose as 15 and a half point favorites to the Jaguars. Super embarrassing. That's super not list. It has not list written all over it. Uh, more quarterbacks on here. Spoiler alert, lots of quarterbacks on the not list this week. Sam Darnold of the Panthers. I'm sorry, SC fans, but this is the reality. This is ESPN Stats and Info. Since ESPN began tracking pocket designations in 2009, no player has finished a game with zero completions and multiple picks from outside the pocket. Sam Darnold on Sunday, 0 of 6, two interceptions from outside the pocket. And Sam Darnold in his career, by the way, versus the Patriots, one touchdown, okay, that's something, sure. Nine interceptions and zero wins. That is super not. That is just not it. It's not hot. Oh, we still got more. We have so many. Sarad Taylor, you're on the not list. The Texans. Oh, the Texans are on the not list, but it's, that's low-hanging fruit at this point, right? But Sarad Taylor... Makes his return. I was going to say triumphant return, but that would have definitely been a lie. Uh, let me catch you up here. Let's just talk about this completely perplexing play that happened right before the half. In case you missed it, or just want to hear this again, because it was pretty unbelievable. The Texans trail the Dolphins 10-6. Second and 18 from inside their own 20 with like less than a minute left in the half. Texans are going to get the ball to start the second half. So like maybe trailing by four at halftime, no big deal. No, that, that's not how it ends. Instead, Terod Taylor scrambles on the play, flags thrown for what should be a Texans holding penalty, right? 
But no, instead of stepping out of bounds, Tarad takes the lock, like, instead of taking the locks, he just, like, flicks the ball, he throws it ahead, throws it away, but doesn't get it far enough out of bounds, so Jerome Baker, Dolphins linebacker, just grabs an easy interception. Just, like, the kind of stuff that, like, like that's rookie stuff, Tarad, and that's not what we expect from a vet. And that's more than just rust at that point, isn't it? It's just, you know what it is, it's, it's embarrassing, and it's super not. Uh, four plays later, Jacoby Brissett hit Matt Collins for a five-yard touchdown with 29 seconds left in the half. Oh, and Terod had zero touchdowns and three interceptions on the day. I actually was on VEASAN's The Green Zone show, which is super fun. Uh, it's the newest, trendiest thing. It's actually not that new, but it's the best way to watch sports to have it on in the background because we go over every single game, and that was the game that I was assigned, so I got the lovely task of watching the Dolphins and Texans game. But it was really cool. You should check it out on VEASAN uh, on Sundays. Really cool. Really cool show where we get into live bets. I had a live bet actually on that game. I took under 40 and a half in the first half. Uh, I grabbed that bet for the full game and it definitely came home because just not a lot of scoring going on in that game. Lots of penalties, lots of interceptions, lots of what not to do. Back to the not list here. Jacoby Brissett. Feels mean to put him in this list because... He wasn't horrible, but the Dolphins didn't score in the second half, and he threw two bad interceptions himself. Again, five total interceptions in this game, and his interceptions reversed the Texans. Boom, roasted, moving on. Alternating two quarterbacks. This is on the not list. This is for you, USC. Uh, Keaton Slovis and Jackson Dart. I get it. What, do you what was the question I asked last week on the pod? What does USC have to play for at this point? Okay, so if you want to get, I don't even want to say fancy, if you want to just say F it and play two quarterbacks, far be it for me to stop you. But I'm going to put it on the not list because it was not a very successful outing. And I can't imagine why. It's almost like you can't get in a rhythm if it's like switching between quarterbacks so often. Nevertheless, it's on the not list. It's on the not list. So that's hot and not. Um, I'm here to keep you guys in the know. You know this pod is based in Los Angeles, so we just want to make sure that we're, we're staying off of that not list and staying with what's hot. All right, let's get into some actual football now. Titans at Rams. Rams are seven and a half point favorite in this game. They did not win. They did not cover. It was brutal. It was kind of a bummer way to end Sunday night, to be honest. Total for this one was 53 and a half. It goes under. Final score, 28 to 16 Titans. So undercashed again. Uh, that was my play for the week. I think I had 54 was my actual number, but we didn't really get close to it. So that was nice. Undercashed there, but I did have the Rams in a parlay with the Dolphins. So I just needed the Dolphins to win. I think I got them down to a half point. I think I had Rams minus two. I didn't want to pick a side. I definitely didn't want this seven and a half in the Rams because I, I thought this Titans team was very good. And turns out I was correct. Uh, but... I definitely thought more of this Rams team. I think we all did, but now I don't know what to say after what we saw Sunday night. So what happened? Let's start with some next-gen stats here. The Titans blitzed Stafford on just four of 53 dropbacks. Five pressures were with four or fewer rushers, okay? And all five sacks, yes, five sacks, oh my God, were four-man pass rush tied for the most in a game by any defense this season. This is Matt Stafford, who's been Mr. MVP candidate all year. 
but I don't know who this Stafford was. He looked pretty bad. He was forcing things that he didn't really need to be. As you can see here, I mean, just by the stats we just looked at, a lot of people on Twitter even were saying he looked like Lions Stafford, Detroit Stafford. I think Dan Leach, the host of our Detroit City cast, said something to that effect as well. I'll have to ask him if we can look forward to more of this Stafford. And of course, I'm saying that ironically because this was just bad for him. Yeah, the protection was not there. Sure, let's, let's give him that little card. But nevertheless, he missed open field, you know, open downfield shots. He threw two interceptions. I mean, speaking of those interceptions, the Rams were up. They scored first. They were on the board first, but it was just a field goal here, three to zero. Okay, which was already like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, this is not going to go well. This is not, this is not, already I'm nervous. Uh, so after that, he gets a pick, his first pick, right? David Long Jr. grabs it. That kind of sets up a quick score. Okay, no big deal. The Rams are trailing seven to three. The Titans are a good team. Here we go. Uh, but on the first play of the ensuing drive, Stafford, short one to Woods, who's got multiple cover men in the area. Like, what are, what are we doing? And we're all like, what? This was the really, this was the real, I mean, this is not Terod Taylor level of confusing, but this was, what are you doing? Uh, Kevin Biard picked six off that, and now they're down 14 to three. Just like that. Bang, bang. And they never really kind of can close that gap after. They can't really overcome it after that. The other huge thing for this game as well, Rams, 11 penalties for 110 yards. Now, to be fair, there was some questionable calls in this game, especially towards the end. I think you guys know which ones I'm talking about, and if not, nothing to worry about. What you do need to worry about is the number of penalties here, because whether or not there was a couple questionable calls, the Rams made too many mistakes here. Just... It's tough, too, because I know that last week I was on Rush Hour on VSIN, uh, also sponsored by Bat Rivers, I believe. Uh, Danny Burke hosts that show. He also hosts the Chicago City cast for Bat Rivers. I believe I was on that show on Friday, and they were asking me about the Rams and what's the ceiling, kind of, and is this a Super Bowl team? And I'm having to sit there and think about this question, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm just, like, not even there. I'm not thinking about the Super Bowl right now. But is that a possibility for the Rams? And you're kind of looking at their numbers and the way they performed, and you're like, yeah, sure. Like, I wouldn't say it lightly. I wouldn't say it if I didn't think that they were a possible contender. But after we see this, like, is this a, you know, is this a great job, Titans? Or is this, like, what's going on here, Rams? Because it does seem like a situation like we saw even versus Baltimore, where Stafford got a little flustered, and it didn't even, like, he's been the least pressured quarterback, really. So I don't know, I don't know what to say here for him, but I'm, I'm going to stay on the positive side of things, because I think we miss that a lot in sports betting, especially. We have a lot of people who get very jaded in this industry, if you will, and I'm just too young for that, guys. I'm too young. Uh, so, mild take Monday here. I've always wanted to do these, mild take Monday Tepid take Tuesday. I don't know, warm take Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> but mild take Monday here. Matt Stafford has done well so far. Really well. Against good teams. We know which games have been questionable, so he's bound to have a bad game. Is, is it okay to just not throw out the baby with the bathwater here? I don't even know if I used that correctly, but you guys know what I mean. Like... 
is it okay that he had a bad game versus the Titans, which is a really good team? And they're and the Titans defense. Can we talk about the Titans defense? I mean, we already have, but no slouch at all. Not a, not a team that I'd be embarrassed to have a bad offensive performance against, is what I'll say. Next up for the Rams. They're at the 49ers. They're on the road. I'm seeing Rams opening line as three-point favorites, but subject to change, I'm sure. Uh, so the 3-5 and five 49ers, by the way, just lost to the Cardinals in case you missed it, 31-17. to 17. And it's like, oh, okay, the Cardinals, good team. Uh, but that was with the Colt McCoy Cardinals in for Kyler Murray. So, and I believe no DeAndre Hopkins either, actually. So what is going on? In the NFC, I, do, I mean everywhere, but in the NFC West, what am I supposed to make of this? I'm going to have to come up with stuff for you guys on Wednesday, and I promise I will. And also, uh, on Wednesday's show, uh, we're going to talk uh, with a UCLA football guest as well. That's what I have scheduled. Um, man. Man. I, I really wish it wasn't the 49ers <laughs> that the Rams had next. That's all I have to say. Uh, no, no initial takes on it, really. Because both of these teams, not really sure. Both of these teams, really supposedly young, wonderkin coaches kind of people. And now we're starting to wonder, was that is the novelty wearing off, you know, on a Shanahan, on a McVay? No, I think they're still excellent. All right, let's move on to Chargers at Eagles. Chargers, a one and a half point favorite. Total 49 and a half for this game. Final score, 27 to 24 Chargers. This one was a little too close for comfort, if I do say so myself. As somebody who had Chargers minus one and a half early in the week, you guys know the one I talked about this if you've listened. If not, hi, welcome, thank you. Subscribe, follow the pod. But if you followed this earlier in the week, last week, I wanted to grab Chargers minus two and a half on Sunday. I thought, what a great steal, you know, versus the Eagles. And, you know, it would have covered, just to say that. Uh, but no, this is not a comfortable cover at all. This is not one I want to brag about at all. But I did grab minus one and a half, I believe on Tuesday, earlier in the week, as soon as they got there, because I thought, what a great number. I think it got down to one even at one point. Uh, so I put, you know, I hammered that pretty hard, because I just thought this was, a, this was a really friendly line. And then before the game, I saw the money line at like minus 120. And I was like... Give me some of that too. So I took Chargers money line as well. Uh, I looked at an over. If you guys remember, I had Ryan Rothstein on with me on Friday's show, uh, who's the host of the Philadelphia City Cast. We talked about this game. He liked an under here. I felt so bad for Ryan because it the over just barely hit. Uh, when we talked about it, it was like 49 and a half. It got up to 50, I believe. And I think he had 50 or 49. It doesn't matter. It hit 51. So just barely hit the end in the final seconds field goal so tough i mean it's almost like these sports books know what they're doing guys it's almost like they know how to make these lines so over just barely hit there uh, don't chalk that up to to anything on my my end is anything besides dumb luck really but luckily the bets i did play cashed minus one and a half money line and i say luckily because this Chargers team struggled. They did, but in the exact areas that we talked about that they would, right? Defending against the run. They just, they struggled. But here's how we got there. Uh, the Chargers, you know, just in the final minutes, they got the ball back with six minutes left, which was was kind of sealing it, right? Because Jalen Hurts didn't get a chance to have it again then. 
Uh, Herbert led the Chargers on a 14-play, 69-yard drive, set up Dustin Hopkins for a game-winning 29-yard field goal with two seconds left on the clock. Herbert on that drive, 5 of 6 for 37 yards. Also converted a quarterback sneak on 4th and 1 to extend the drive. Huge, great play by him. I actually was playing against him in fantasy this week, so... I was, like, so jacked up seeing how great he did, and then I went to look at my fantasy. I was like, oh, that's not great for me, especially because my quarterback was Matt Stafford. Yeah. Overall, Herbert went 32 of 38 for 356 yards with two touchdowns and no interceptions. That's a 123.2 rating for the day. And that is why he was on the hot list, guys. That is hot. That's hot. Jalen Hurts. Great performance, too. Not on the hot list, Okay but also not a not, especially in the second half. He went 7 of 8 for 112 yards with a touchdown that kind of kept them in pace with that Chargers offense, which was my biggest concern for the Eagles side of things. I said, are they really going to be able to keep up with this Chargers offense? And they did. I was actually very impressed with them. And it, this, I don't even think, falls on Sirianni at this point because it was really kind of the Eagles' defense that maybe lost it for him. Again, very close game here. So if I had to say a reason here... Eagles defense looked like they lost some steam in the second half, obviously. They didn't blitz Herbert really much at all. But a really close game. Great effort by the Eagles. I think if you're an Eagles fan, you can be... I mean, it sucks to lose. <laughs> and it didn't It didn't cover for you either. But, I, like, I don't know. I was going to say you could be happy. <laughs> I guess it's not that bad is what I'm going for here. It's not that bad. Uh, next up for the Chargers, though, they're now 5-3, and three, and they face the Minnesota Vikings next Sunday. Vikings-Chargers. Chargers are at home here, 2.5-point favorites. Total at 51.5. This is actually the highest total for the Vikings for a Vikings game since they played Seattle in Week 3. So kind of a higher total, obviously reflects the opponent as well. And by that, I mean their offense. And as we saw, their very porous rush defense, which... I don't know what they're going to do about that, guys. That is just not going to... I said it last week. It's not going to cut it. They got to do something about it. Uh, the Vikings just lost in overtime to the Ravens. Man, this Raven, the Ravens just love overtime, huh? 34-31 uh, to 31 loss for the Vikings there. I'm not really sure what to do with this Vikings team. I feel similar to that Rams 49ers handicap. It's going to be one I'm going to have to really dig into because the Vikings... Barely beat the Lions. They beat the Panthers by six. They stayed in it with the Cowboys, losing 20-16. to 16. I mean, that wasn't the Dak Prescott Cowboys, I don't believe. I don't know. They're 4-4 four and four ATS and 3-0 and oh ATS as underdogs this season. Again, those trends are cool to know, but they don't dictate future performance. I like to always slap that disclaimer on there. We'll dive into that game more on Wednesday and later in the week as well. I'm sure I'll have Adam Burke back on if he's free, or I believe, yeah, I spoke with Pam Maldonado from Yahoo Sportsbook to come on the show on Thursday. So very exciting things coming. Um, I'm at least going to have her on, and then if Adam has some time for us, maybe I'll have him hop on as well. USC at ASU. Final game to wrap up here, uh, and then we'll briefly talk about UCLA's game this week. So USC at ASU... USC was an eight and a half point dog here. I think it got up to nine even. There was eights floating around all week. Total 59 and a half. And when I spoke with Adam Burke 
VEASAN sports betting analyst who was on last week and the week before about this game. He also writes for the LA Times. In case you're wondering, you might have seen his his uh, name pop up there as it, as it relates to sports betting. 59 and a half. I said I liked an under here because tragedy struck USC in the previous week. Drake London, their star wide receiver, just out for the season. Ankle, you know. So expecting an under here because I didn't really know how their offense was going to run. <laughs> and... Lo and behold, and there's a reason that's, lo and behold, that's the reason I didn't play this, actually, is because there was too many question marks for me, as I was like, I don't, I, there's already enough question marks in the Pac-12 as it is. So if I don't even know what your quarterback situation is, that's a problem. And here's what they chose, two two quarterbacks. One driving was Keaton Slovis, the next it was Jackson Dart. Uh, they finished the night with 312 yards of total offense. 220 passing, 92 rushing. And that's a credit to ASU because they figured out with Drake London gone, if they can shut this rushing game down, which they, they did for the most part, that kind of just relegates them to being a one-trick pony, and it just didn't work out for them. Slovitz finished 16 of 28 for 131 yards and an interception, while Dart finished 8 of 17 for 89 yards and an interception plus a rushing touchdown. And again, ASU held running back Keontae Ingram to just 54 yards on 14 carries. For frame of reference, by the way, he's previously rushed for 342 yards over the last two weeks, right? So 54 ASU, credit to them. Great job there. I don't think this ASU team is terrible, honestly. I actually think they're kind of plucky. They're kind of kind of got something here. But unfortunately, the South is Utah's, as we saw. Oh my God, <laughs> Utah. Before we get there, USC at Cal next. USC is a two-point... Favorite? Wow. How about that? I couldn't even believe that. I mean, I wrote this down. I know this is true, but my goodness. Two-point favorite at Cal. Total 52 and a half. Man. I was just talking about Utah, so let's talk about the Pac-12 over the weekend just to give you a bigger picture here. Utah completely flattened Stanford on a Friday game. 52 to 7. It's the first time, I think, that I've ever seen that happen to David Shaw. My God. Uh, Arizona beat Cal 10-3. First win of the season for the Wildcats. Yes, first. First win. Oh, God, you want it for him so bad. And, like, Cal doesn't care, right? So, sure, let it be against Cal. But 10-3. Ugh. That's like a first half score. What is that? And then Oregon, uh, one of the actual good teams in the Pac-12, you could say, uh, beat Washington. Uh, that was supposedly a big game. It's just hard to say, and it's so muddled. It's so muddled in this in this conference. And then Colorado, Oregon State, overtime. Colorado gets the win. So that's who UCLA has next. UCLA was on a bye week. Colorado at UCLA at the Rose Bowl. Again, we talked about this at the top of the show. UCLA minus 15 and a half. So Colorado getting over two touchdowns here. Total at 58 and a half. There has been a lot, a lot of heat from the media specifically and different sources in the media for defensive coordinator of UCLA, Jerry Azanaro, and head coach Chip Kelly. Just really both coming under fire this week. Articles all over the place that are laying out. I mean, Sam Conan, who we've had on the show before, who does uh, in SI Insider, all UCLA, I believe, or all Bruins. He had an article on it. Of course, um, 
Ben Volk from the LA Times, who covers UCLA as well, and I'm, I'm sure it's on Bruin Report online as well. So many of them, I was going to say, I'm sure. So many articles on this and just kind of laying out how Jerry Azanaro has not really had a successful defensive coordinator career before this, and so it's up to Chip Kelly, who hired him to deal with this, and he's just been kind of brushing it under the rug, and I, I think the funniest thing I saw was on Twitter was, he must have incriminating pictures of Chip Kelly, because at, at this point, it's completely, completely hamstringed the entire progress of this UCLA team, because we're into this year now with Chip Kelly where it's like, hey man, what's going on? And it's really not necessarily an offense, not even not necessarily, it's definitely not an offensive problem, but it is a Chip Kelly problem because you hired this guy and you are not getting rid of him. And when they ask questions about him, it's completely brushed off. And the guy hasn't done media ever, ever. He won't talk to the media and like, where's the accountability? You know, like we're all adults here and you're making college kids come up and talk to the press about their shortcomings and where they're not getting it done on defense but like it starts at the top and this is it's abysmal really it is and it's and like I'm like so the positive person normally especially with my home team but this is just it's being ignored and it's a huge issue and it's just kind of unforgivable in that way keep in mind too Oregon State just fired their defensive coordinator, Tim Tibisar, after allowing 37 points to Colorado and 39 to Cal in back-to-back -back weeks. It's not that hard, okay? Apologies, of course, we're never rooting for people to get fired, but this is the situation elsewhere in the Pac-12, and yet it's been more than mediocre for Mazzanaro for years, and yet no change. And it's been brought up as early as after the first year, I know, so... Something's gotta give. By the way, give. <laughs> You're giving me 15 and a half points? Colorado just beat Oregon State, and Oregon State beat USC, so by the transitive property, okay, I don't even know. I don't even know anymore! Um, that's a ton of points, though. I'm not gonna take it, of course. I, 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 <laughs> I don't want to bet against UCLA here. That's not fun for me, especially against a Colorado team uh, that's basically the, the second-worst team in the Pac-12, you could say only ahead of Arizona. So, I mean, Cal's probably up there or down there too. But yeah, if you had to pick a side, yeah, I take a lot of points with Colorado and 58 and a half. I like an under there actually. I don't hate an under, but man, college football is fickle. I'm done talking about it. Coming up, some Lakers basketball going on on Monday night versus the Hornets. Should we bet anything? We'll get into it. That's next on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Looking for a hot tip to bet on? Check out the new match tips at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. The new tips feature gives you special insights on player props and match bets for the top tips of the day. Go to Bet Rivers before the game, find your match, and tap the tips icon to see independent research on recent team and player performance. Bet with confidence. Visit the Bet Rivers mobile app or go to betrivers.com and get the top tips of the day. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Playable only in states where Bet Rivers is licensed and in New Jersey at Play Sugar House. The VSIN Midseason Football Special is here. Put the VSIN betting experts to work for you from now through February for only $99. 
daily best bet emails, 24-7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus in-depth data and analysis on vcin.com. Sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe and get everything we have to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. I am 1-0 in NBA bets right now. So pretty, pretty hot. Pretty hot hand here, guys. I finally jumped in on the Lakers last week. OKC. I had OKC plus 13. I didn't jump in on the Lakers, rather. I just started betting on their season, if you will. I grabbed OKC plus 13 before that game on Thursday. And I grabbed it on Wednesday. And then Thursday morning, I talked to our NBA senior analyst at VSIN, Jonathan Von Tobel. Because, guys, I always think two heads are better than one, three heads, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, it depends on who the heads belong to and what's in the heads. But this particular head, JVT, very smart one. And I asked him if he liked, loved, or hated that bet. And he said, like it. Which is, you know, hard to come by, actually, from JVT. But... He said basically that there was no reason for anybody to be laying 13 points with the Lakers at that point. And then, lo and behold, moments later, an hour later, it's announced that LeBron is going to be out with a rectus abdominis strain, and everybody got very confused on Twitter about what a rectus was. Take high school anatomy, guys. I don't know. Google it. There's too much technology to not know. It basically boils down to what I said is old man back. Uh, so no LeBron on Thursday versus OKC. They lose the game. They lose the game to the Thunder. So, very exciting for me, plus 13. Even somebody grabbed plus 11, I think, on Twitter, asked me about, if you're listening, hi, hello. Uh, I'm glad that cashed for you. They asked me, did I miss the number with 11? And I said, double digits, take it. Because I'm irresponsible. <laughs> Just tell people, yeah, spend your money. Uh, no, always gamble responsibly, guys. But Hornets at Lakers, this line looks a little bit better now because now we know LeBron is going to be out for a little while. More on that in just a moment. So Lakers, a two and a half point favorite, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time start. Sorry if you're on the East Coast. And if you're on the East Coast, why are you listening to this pod? Just kidding. Everybody's welcome here. Five and five Charlotte Hornets. Looking to snap a four game losing streak uh, versus the five and five Lakers. The Lakers, desperate here, right? They can't have a third consecutive loss, especially after losing to OKC. And the Blazers, they failed to cover in both those games. In fact, the Lakers have only covered twice so far this season. Now, again, 10 games, so relax, because this is the longest season ever. Just kidding. Baseball is worse. Russell Westbrook, one of the worst games of his career, really, versus the Blazers. He finished with just eight points, one of 13 shooting from the field, while Anthony Davis played seven minutes before leaving the game with a finger injury. A finger now, it's a... It's always something, isn't it? Like, this is the one relatively young guy that I'm not supposed to be worried about, and I'm constantly worried about him being healthy. Not really. Like, I have a life. I don't think about Anthony Davis all day. But when I sit down to think about the Lakers, and I'm worried about their health, Anthony Davis, for some reason, is the first name that pops in my mind. And now I have to worry about LeBron, but that one makes a little bit more sense. Let's look at the Hornets. They have the best offense in the NBA, averaging 114.2 points per game. Great, great offense. Go LaMelo. Uh, but their defense is Jekyll and Hyde here. Worst in the league with 117.4 points per contest allowed. Now again, very early in the season, so maybe not even statistically relevant at this point. 
But the Hornets did suffer one of their biggest losses in, in recent franchise history. They allowed 140 points and a loss to the Kings on the road. So that final score was 140 to 110 to the Kings. Yeah. Just no. So this all leads you up to maybe, oh, maybe we're looking at an over, but we'll get there. The Lakers have the 12th offense in the league, scoring 110.1 points per game while their defense is 26 right now. All that to say, I'm not expecting a good defensive matchup. Are you? Tweet at me, at Danielle Avari. Let me know. Join the conversation. <laughs> but so then, then we're thinking, okay, not a good defensive matchup. Maybe an over here. Of course, it depends on the number you get. I'm not seeing one for this just yet. But you got to think about also who will be scoring the points. Okay? Overs cash in eight of the Hornets' last 11. That's a trend. Cool. Doesn't predict necessarily, but cool. Eight of the last 11. Let's look at the injury list because that's going to answer us our question here of who's going to be scoring these points, okay, if we wanted to bet an over, depending on the number. Anthony Davis, day-to-day -day with the thumb. He didn't come back to Saturday's game against Portland due to a stomach illness. He's questionable to play against Charlotte on Monday. Great. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, out. Thumb. What is with the thumbs? Actually, I get it. I jam my fingers all the time, and that's just when I'm shooting around. Uh, Trevor Ariza, out with an ankle. LeBron James, again, out. Abdominal is what they have listed. Actually, according to Bill Orem of The Athletic, his he could be sidelined for much longer than what the Lakers have kind of led on, which is, I mean, how I would play it as well. The conditioning coach told The Athletic that he may be looking at a timeline of four to eight weeks, which for betting, I think might be might be advantageous because handicapping a team with LeBron James, it's difficult because it's difficult to bet against LeBron James. It's, it's fun to bet with him, I guess. But with him out of the mix and the way this Lakers team has looked so far, you're wondering, of course, like how quickly the book's going to catch up to the situation here. And it seems like they have a little bit more with this line, again, two and a half being the number. But maybe there's some opportunities here as LeBron's out, depending on how this Lakers team goes without him. And really, what goes on with Russell Westbrook, I guess. Uh, Kendrick Nunn also out, ankle, knee. Hornets just have Mason Plumley day-to-day. -day. Uh, he's also their leading rebounder right now. And then P.J. Washington out with an elbow. Uh, Miles Bridges, leading scorer for Charlotte. He's averaging 22.7 points per game. Don't know if that factors into any props you might want to look at. And uh, LaMelo Ball is the second leading scorer and leader in assists with averages of nearly 20 points and seven assists per game. So here's the thing. Here's what I'll say. I would go Hornets plus two and a half. I would. But I don't want to play this game, and here's why. The Hornets are playing back-to-back. This is an important thing if you're just new to NBA betting especially, right? We talk about short rest in the NFL. Oh, a team played on Thursday and then they have to play on this or whatever. This is completely different. These teams, I was looking at this schedule actually, I was writing all these Lakers games down in my giant calendar and I could not believe, wait, they're here one night and they're here the next. And it's like, you don't really notice it until you really look at these schedules. So how many days rest factors into betting completely? If you haven't looked at the NBA betting guide from VSIN, really look into that. You can buy it as like a one-off, or if you subscribe to VSIN, you can get access to it for free. Uh, so definitely something worth checking out. Again, JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst, does a great job putting that together for you guys. And it's it's really cool for, I think you can learn something even if you're an experienced better. And it's really, really helpful if you're brand new or just more on the novice side as well. So 
rest. They're playing back-to-back. They just lost to the Clippers on Sunday. The Lakers played on Saturday. They lost to the Blazers. Uh, But fourth road game in a row for the Hornets, okay? If anything, a Lakers bounce back here. Are we expecting Russell Westbrook to be as bad as he was versus the Blazers? No. I'm not expecting a lot more, (laughs) to be honest. But maybe a Lakers bounce back here. So maybe Lakers minus two and a half. I don't love the number. It's not a play for me necessarily. But if you want to decide, I'm going to say Lakers minus two and a half, which I think is very generous given how many injuries they have. So I would totally understand going the other way as well. This is why it's a no play if you can't tell. Uh, With that, just beautiful logic I left you with there. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast. New shows, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If you haven't already, uh, please, please uh, go leave a rating, especially on Apple Podcasts, all you iPhone people. That would be very appreciated. That really helps me out, guys. And feel free to tweet at me at Daniela Avari. Questions, comments, concerns, guests that you want to see. I'll be back for more fun and games on Wednesday. So come on back for the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.